give it a few minutes for people to log on here. All right, welcome to the Cannabis Marketing Live podcast, where we cover the most effective marketing trends and strategies to grow your cannabis dispensary, delivery service, and brand. I'm your host, Guillermo Bravo, and today we're discussing how to build, market, and gain mass adoption for your cannabis delivery app. We're joined by Kyle Dukes, who's the co-founder of Timber. Welcome to the show, Kyle. Hey, Guillermo. Thanks for having me on, man. It's a real honor. I've uh, been watching you... Uh crush the digital marketing game for uh, I think longer than I've been in cannabis which is about 10 years so uh, nothing but respect thanks for having me on yeah happy to have you happy to have you and looking forward to diving in deep into you know, how to really build and and uh, you know make a successful go-to-market strategy to get some some traction for your app uh, before we kick it off today I'd like to give a shout out to our sponsor media gel uh, media gel is the leading cannabis are leading marketing platform helping cannabis brands reach consumers through their compliant ad network with real-time reporting analytics dashboard and conversion tracking thank you again uh all right well let's dive into it kyle you know i've why did timber even you know get into the uh <laughs> mobile app business in the first place <laughs> basically the same way we get into everything which is uh by popular demand <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we, um, you know, Timber is a, a bootstrap company and we've been successful because we've really taken the initiative to listen to our partners. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, that's gone a long way. Uh, most of our business comes through word of mouth. And uh, we did the same thing when we built our platform. Uh, we had uh, sort of a tribe of folks who supported us and believed in us and the and sort of the, um, the vision that we had. And so late last year, uh, the App Store announced, or at least Apple announced, uh, that you they would allow cannabis to be purchased uh, through the App Stores. Well, our email uh, inbox just blew up. And uh, of course, everybody wanted to know how soon Timber could build a mobile app. And so that was sort of the inception. And uh, we went to uh, a group of about 10 of our best uh, partners who we thought really could uh, drive value with the mobile app because we wanted to start there, of course. So we created a beta group uh, back in December um, and we launched the apps. Uh, I mentioned in the uh, post for the event, we've launched over 30 versions in eight months. And I think uh, when did we officially launch it? I guess it was usable in about uh, late February, early March. Uh, we really started to be able to place orders through it and um, and then uh, now I would say we are 95% complete on the feature set. Everything that you can experience on the web, you can experience in the mobile app. And then we have a few uh, enhancements still planned. So our, our work is never done, but uh, <laughs> I'd say it was a six month effort, uh, concentrated effort. Yeah, and uh, just so our audience knows your capabilities. So you, you build mobile apps, so what else do you do at Timber? Like, give us an overview of the company and your yeah, specialty. We should, 
yeah, we should zoom out. That was a good uh, intro question to get our feet wet. But um, yeah, our core product is e-commerce software. Uh, and so we primarily serve uh, retailers. Uh, initially, we started with delivery only. I was a delivery operator uh, 10, 12 years ago down in San Diego. And um, we were vertically integrated. We grew it, extracted it, infused it, and sold it on our own website. And we never hired a single vendor to do a single thing for us. And uh, that led us to uh, building an e-commerce platform, real software. Back in the day, we were in there with duct tape and popsicle sticks and WordPress, you know. And uh, it was about 2017 when we realized uh, that we needed software, uh, real engineers and not, uh, not more plugins, basically. <laughs> and so um, we, we initially thrived in delivery e-commerce. Um, we have perfected the art of ice cream truck delivery, uh, both with uh, the zip code method as well as uh, real-time GPS. Uh, and what is the uh, what is the uh, ice cream truck method? Just so people know. Uh, yeah, people call it all kinds of things: dynamic delivery, and uh, um, I don't know. I've heard all kinds of crazy stuff, um, but that is the ability to carry delivery in the car or uh, inventory in the car. And so, uh, currently, the limit on that. Uh, is so, <laughs> sorry, my business partner Scott is calling me in the middle of the webinar that he should be watching. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let me get you back on the screen. All right, I'm gonna scold him later. He's buying me several beers, uh, <laughs> in or joints, <laughs> or either one, probably both. Um, but yeah, ice cream truck is the ability to carry unprepared inventory in the car. I believe, I don't know. Um, if there's anyone willing to challenge me, I accept the challenge, but I was doing ice cream truck delivery on January 1st, 2018, um, day one, basically before anyone uh, had even considered it. And uh, we saw it coming and had prepared for it, but the problem was $3,000 in the car is not enough. And yeah. so uh, that's gonna go up to 10,000. Uh, it's proposed right now, it's not official, uh, but it's proposed to go up to 10,000 and we're already starting to hear sort of pulses of, hey, have you heard about this? Hey, have you heard about this? Ice cream truck is coming back. So um, we're starting to hear that buzz. And if it goes to 10,000, we are poised to satisfy that need. Um, we already do it in many high volume settings. And so uh, that was our initial uh, specialty. Um, and we really were able to work with our point of sale partners to perfect that. And uh, I was really proud of that, that our team pulled that off basically in December of 2017, when that was the last thing on anyone else's mind. So um, now we've, we've grown, we're in nine states, I think actually 10 as of yesterday, and um, two countries, uh, we just launched Canada, and um, we serve all types of businesses uh, stemming from that initial delivery concept. Uh, we've stemmed into multi-location retailers that do pickup delivery and kiosks. Uh, as well as direct-to-consumer um, implementations as well, which we've actually created a uh, direct-to-consumer mode that you can activate inside of Timber for brands. So we do a little bit of everything, but um, our core, if you had to describe Timber in two words, it's e-commerce software. Awesome. We have a question from the audience here. How do you compete with Dutchie and iHeartJ and work with other company apps like SpringVig, LeafFire, Alpine that can provide messaging, online ordering, segmentation, and access to new customers. 
Yeah, totally. Um, that question could incite some mudslinging, but we'll take the high road and uh, <laughs> basically talk about, um, you know, um, Timber basically focuses on best-in-class integrations uh, and best-in-class uh, user experience. Um, and we also focus on uh, what a lot of people don't know about Timber yet is uh, that we have an incredible theme customizer uh, coming down the pipe here. Uh, currently, we're sort of in beta with the program. You'll see a lot of our sites are, have a totally custom design. Uh, and um, those are areas where we shine. Um, you have Jane and Dutchie who are trying to come out with uh, similar solutions to what Timber has been doing for many years. Um, they're a little late uh, and it's very expensive. And so, you know, with those types of services, you have the iframe solution that they can activate in 30 seconds. And uh, I could talk to you for three days about why that's bad. Guillermo preaches about it daily. Uh, I think the industry is aware, um, but the iframe is horrible. Uh, you, you lose all marketing autonomy. Uh, and you sacrifice 100% of your SEO, basically. It's actually negative SEO because they will actually show search results that send traffic to your competitors. Uh, and what you should be doing, as Guillermo has preached about for many years, is building your brand equity, uh, getting that native architecture on your site, getting rid of the iframe, and then starting to rank for brands uh, and products, which are being searched at a rapid pace now. Uh, that wasn't the case five years ago. Um, so, you know, then they have the other products where uh, Jane Roots, Dutchie Plus, uh, everyone's starting to hear about those. <clears throat> and I could also talk to you for three days about why those, uh, not that they're bad, I think they have the potential to be good, but uh, there's a lot of flaws and it's going to cost you a significant amount uh, to build and then more importantly, manage and maintain um, the architecture of that platform uh, is basically a collection of APIs that someone needs to uh, turn into e-commerce. And there's multiple um, problems with that method as well, because even though um, they have created the ability for you to drive a native architecture, uh, that basically um, comes with a cost. Uh, and then you're also limited to uh, their integration. So one thing I can say, uh, if I had to give you one big reason why we're fundamentally different, this is something you can't see about Timber. It's something you can't uh, really look at. Uh, we have it in a blog post, but uh, it's sort of an inherent value because when Timber goes in to integrate with a point of sale, we want to utilize 100% of that point of sales API. And Jane and Dutchie, when they do an integration with a point of sale, they typically you know, it varies, but they're only utilizing a portion of that point of sales API, things like taxes, fees, discounts, rewards, uh, and the list goes on, uh, are managed in two places, leading to intense operational headaches and costs. Uh, and so Timber, if I had to give you one fundamental reason uh, why Timber, it would be because we actually uh, are more of a direct expression of your point of sale system rather than a standalone platform that competes with your point of sale system. And uh, if you are an operator, I don't have to tell you, uh, there are conflicts and issues uh, with that type of integration where they have their own feature set and they're trying to force orders into the point of sale and they often don't match. Uh, that doesn't happen on Timber and uh, that's a fundamental thing. 
And then if, if you look at our, you mentioned a bunch of integrations. If you look at our um, integrations list, uh, it's on our website. Uh, we have uh, integrations for every single category, uh, rewards, email, um, all sorts of programmatic advertising capabilities with tracking pixels uh, that you can connect other systems uh, through live chat, ADA compliance, all kinds of different integrations you can actually do through Google Tag Manager, uh, which is uh, an integration that we have that allows you to deploy different things to the site in an organized fashion. So um, would love to talk to you more. Sorry, I'm kind of blabbing, but um, super passionate right. about why Timber. <laughs> yeah, I got another question from the audience. How many customers do you have apps built for? Yeah, we started with our 10 beta group in, um, in, in December, and then we started selling um, again we kind of closed that off because we wanted to just focus we couldn't do a hundred at once of course and then we started selling it again once it became functional in i'd say mid-march uh, and so i don't know off the top of my head how many in addition to those first 10 we have i can tell you we have live in the app store i think 14 now uh, maybe 15 uh, so there's 15 live uh, and then there's a bunch in onboarding I don't know if I had to estimate probably 20 more coming. Uh, awesome. And I can tell you, I can tell you that everyone's very excited. Uh, the retailers, uh, as well as some brands I've been talking to uh, are very excited for a variety of reasons, which I think we're going to get into. So that's generally um, people are excited about it. Yeah. I'd be excited as well. We have one more question here. Do you submit under your development account or do you have customers get their own development account? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, people want to know if it says Timber uh, is the developer. They, people ask us, is it a, does the app say Timber? Is it a Timber app and I'm inside of it? <laughs> no, no, if you, <laughs> none of that, basically. This, uh, when you go in the app store, you can go there right now if your phone is handy. Uh, check out some of our best apps, the Sanctuary, uh, Garden of Eden, Humble Root. Uh, you can find those in the app store. And you'll see that it says uh, they are the developer, the dispensary name. Uh, they are the uh, icon for the app. It's the logo. 100% uh, of the branding is totally uh, yours. And uh, Timber is nowhere to be found, in fact. Um, our goal That's great. is to, yeah, just to kind of set the tone. Our goal with the apps is to become uh, as Starbucks app is or Chick-fil-A is one of my favorites, whether you love them or hate them for their... Uh, <laughs> you know religious political yeah <laughs> they, the, the app is amazing yeah so um that's kind of our north star is if you look at those apps uh, they're incredible um and they uh are that's kind of our guiding star and um i'd say we're pretty darn close to be honest with you um and we have a few improvements coming to really finish that off but there's apps in cannabis uh of course uh but i can uh we'll get we'll get into why this is a little bit different and what it enables uh, being a true native app and not an app that uh, has a framed in widget of some kind with a separate login. Yeah. And can you integrate into text messaging platforms? There's another question here. Um, yeah, absolutely. We, um, we have several integrations that can do that. Um, Alpine IQ, we just launched spring big, or we haven't announced it. It's going to be launched any day now. Um, yeah, but I feel like it's been launched. We've been working on it for so long. Um, and, um, spring big Alpine IQ, 
what's really frustrating uh, and something that we I think is a good segue here is that uh, I'd be curious to know why you ask about text messaging because sort of the idea of mobile apps is to eliminate text messaging because of push notifications, which are uh, can you dive a really in, can you talk a little bit yeah. about that? Yeah, what's yeah. the difference? Why yeah. is why should that be a you know a, a priority for retailers? Yeah. Yeah, um, we're kind of jumping ahead here, but it's a really exciting oh, topic. Yeah. So, yeah. so I think let's do it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So everyone's aware of the pain with the texting thing and cannabis, AT&T and Verizon and T-Mobile. They're all upset and uh, they see cannabis as a small uh, total addressable market. They don't have yeah. an interest. <laughs> they don't have an interest uh, in risking their global business for a couple of uh, cowboys out here selling weed. Uh, it, in in their eyes, they have no interest uh, in allowing this on their platform because you know they're uh, federally um, regulated and looked at, and uh, you know can get shut down or fined. I think would be the more uh, <laughs> more likely outcome. Uh, and mm -hmm. so they've put they've put the pressure on the texting carriers, and um, then you have you know companies like Alpine and Spring Big and Happy Cabbage who are getting innovative with the methods uh, of texting. Because I don't know, maybe you can tell me, uh, Guillermo, but uh, texting versus email versus push notification, is texting the most preferred for engagement? I'd uh, say it's top one or two. It's higher than email, I feel, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it's a little higher than email. I would say that they're different. Like email is gonna be a general overview of what's going on, not, not as much segmentation on there unless you're using like a Clavio. We can do that for abandonment cards. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, text message we actually, is effective, but uh, yeah, it's, you know, the people, re the open rate and how many people receive it has gone down a lot the last three years. And totally. I, I, I am seeing a, you know, a adoption of push notifications because people just are familiar with it. They use it yeah. with all their other companies. Dude, so, I mean, over the last 10 years, the amount of uh, dispensary spam that I get is like off the charts. I'm sure you're on every list in America too. <laughs> yep. And I, uh, it's, I just, I just ignore it. I used to look at them and kind of laugh because they were kind of silly sometimes, but I just can't even look at them anymore. It's just overwhelming. Um, so yes, push notifications, new vehicle, um, text messaging is expensive, uh, push notifications, uh, here at timber they're included in the uh monthly subscription so it's in they're unlimited they're totally free um and that can be a significant savings over sms um for operators i've heard people with ten thousand dollar text message bills every month and i'm like oh my god <laughs> uh, and uh what's interesting you mentioned clavio because uh, you know i'm a clavio guru or have become over the last few years kind of unintendedly um mm -hmm. And yeah, so Clavio does, uh, they do email, they do texting, they do push notifications. Now, oh, wow. uh, actually, actually, there's an asterisk on the push notifications. It's kind of cool. I'll tell you at the end, but they do email really well. We do abandoned carts. We do post-purchase follow-up sequences, browse abandonment, cross-sell, upsell, welcome series. I mean, all kinds of email automation in Clavio with our integration is possible because once you have all the uh, e-commerce behavior, in Clavio, the way you can act on that is basically limitless. Um, and so segmentation is amazing. Moving from email into text message, we contacted them. We have a, a rep there that's uh, 
sort of our direct rep and we said, hey man, we've been doing a lot of emails. We're about to uh, turn on text messaging. What do you say? And uh, he went up to the uh, boss man and general counsel and whoever else and came back and gave it in writing. They said, look, you can do what you're doing for email, but you cannot send text messages on this platform for cannabis. And so we said, okay, now that's the rule. Um, but I can tell you, I have seen operators get away with it, you know, depending on your, um, your cleanliness and your content. So Clavio is a really powerful tool, um, but we have Spring Big Alpine uh, and the Happy Cabbage. We don't have an integration with yet, um, but we do totally support those guys. They're great people and uh, it's coming soon. Uh, now, with the push notifications, uh, Clavio initially did not have uh, a working push notification product. They had information about it on their website. Uh, they had a beta program that you could read about, and we tried to use it uh, in our mobile apps, and uh, it did not work. So what the heck do we do now? We had talked about push notifications for years, <laughs> or uh, months at least, building up to this moment when we were going to uh, launch the apps. And so uh, when we did, uh, the push notification thing that we had counted on, this beta program, actually didn't work. <laughs> So we looked a little silly and um, what we did was we actually contacted them and said, hey, here's what we need, this has to work. We're trying to promote this, sell it, use it, come on, we need your help here. And uh, so we kind of left the ball in their court and then we went back to our camp and we said, well, we gotta do something quick. So we actually created our own, uh, basically a push notification. I, I don't wanna call it an engine, but it is the, it's a campaign, engine, I guess. And right now it's an extremely simple form. You can simply blast a notification uh, to all of your users who have the mobile app. Um, and so we have that uh, ability. Uh, you would blast everybody on the list. Everyone would get the push notification. And it's not a big of a concern about engagement rates like with text messaging. You know, if you're blasting too many people and spamming, you get reported and this and that. Uh, there's there's consequences. Uh, and so with the push notification, uh, simply in Timber, we created the ability to blast all of your customers. And you can put emojis in there and cute little sayings and promotion codes. And then uh, a new feature we just launched in the app uh, is uh, a little uh, notification page where you can see a list of all of those. Uh, so like, for example, if you put a promotion code in that outbound push notification, put a little broccoli sign, happy flower Friday, 25% off with code Friday or whatever. Uh, then they can go in the mobile app and then see those uh, incentives uh, in a list um, that you've sent uh, historically. So um, that is incredibly valuable. I don't know if you have any questions on that, but I uh, want to leave it open-ended so that people can ask more questions and uh, listen to me blab less. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Uh... A little feedback from the the audience. Yeah, I say that most stores get about a 30-40% adoption of an app, which is it's pretty high. Um, yeah, that's a that's a that's one third of your audience that you have direct connection with, which is phenomenal. Yeah, I actually uh, prepared it. You can get your pieces. VIPs on there, especially get your top spenders on there. It's even better. <laughs> yeah. Uh, how do you reach customers who do not download the app? We only have about 20% adoption of our app. It's a question from the audience here. Totally. I mean, I guess uh, I could take that one. 
that, please, because uh, uh, I like like I told you in our pregame session, I said you wrote the book on this one, not me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you, you want to get a hold of your customers, uh, you know, first thing is capture capture them in your audience, right? So get them to opt in to your point of sale system, your CRM, email, SMS, push notifications. So get them to uh, opt in is the first thing. And that's required uh, by law. Cause like if you text message someone without the permission, it's like $15,000 fine per text message. So definitely follow the compliance. This is not cannabis regulations. This is the actual, uh, what is it? CC, CCPA. There's a couple of regulation yeah. companies that- Federal. <laughs> you don't federal, yeah. So you don't want to mess with it. So get people to opt in and then email text message and push notifications are a great way to get a hold of people. Push notifications will be within your mobile app. Email and SMS can be just direct uh, to their email address or phone number. And then you can also do retargeting. So if you get someone's phone, phone number and email address, you can use that to follow them around with ads. You know, if you, you go to Amazon, you shop for shoes, then you go to Instagram, you start to see those shoes everywhere. It's the same idea for cannabis. Uh, totally. So those are different ways that I would engage with your, your clientele. Uh, do you guys do targeted push notifications based on purchases? Uh, so uh, our, oh, so I, I trailed off on that story there. Um, yep. Coming back, <laughs> coming back to Clavio, they actually, after we built our campaign engine inside of our admin dashboard, they came back and they said, all right, we fixed it. And now uh, it actually works. Uh, so, uh, yes, thank you for asking that question so we could finish the, uh, the last story there. And, uh, yes, in, in our engine from our admin dashboard, it's a simple blast, you know, flower Friday. Um, you can, um, just simply blast your customers, but in Clavio, of course, segmentation, uh, yes, you can go nuts. Like I described earlier, VI, you can do, uh, just a couple off the top of my head. I mean, VIP spenders who spent more than 500 bucks in the last 30 days. I helped one of our app customers uh, set that up uh, because they said, should we blast this thing out and tell everyone to download the app on the first day? And I said, oh, absolutely not. Um, because you, you don't want to have everyone stop using your website and go into the mobile app um, because that would seem strange um, in terms of SEO. But uh, you basically uh, would want to uh, invite a special segment. So um, anybody who's a VIP, we came up with like 300 customers out of, I forget how many they had, tens of thousands. And we identified a segment uh, of 300 customers who were VIP spenders and were such and such a frequency twice a month or something. So uh, that's what I would recommend. Yes, in Clavio segment um, and, and go nuts with that. now. And you could, oh, you could do, you know, bought X category, bought X brand, um, shops this frequently, shops at this location. You can segment by, we have some partners who have eight locations. And so in Clavio, they've got all the locations, uh, the customers, what locations they shop at as a segment. Um, so yes, go nuts. Uh, the one thing, uh, I don't know if we've given the disclaimers on what doesn't work in the mobile apps yet. It's not, it's not on us. Um, but there's, there's two major things that don't work right now. Uh, they're not, not really major because I, at least in California, I think most folks are on iOS. But uh, the Android uh, devices, we shipped the complete app to the Google Play Store. It's a little war story. 
uh, with a funny ending. And so like one thing to know, you can only do this in iOS. Uh, you can only purchase in iOS. In the Google Play Store, uh, we ship the complete app with the add to cart button and the checkout and the whole thing. And, uh, you know, we were, of course, nervous having never done this before, thinking what's going to happen here. Um, and so the Play Store came back and said, whoa, whoa, whoa. Apple said you can purchase in the App Store. We never said that. And they said, what we'll let you do is you can have a catalog of products, but that add to cart button and that checkout screen, you got to get rid of that. So uh, we went back and, oops, my Siri somehow thought I was talking to it. Um, we went back and we removed the add to cart button. So now there's a catalog of products. Looks just like your website. Everything syncs up. You just can't add to cart. And we're, we're willing to add the button back as soon as Google says go. Um, and so in the Android store, uh, they do not allow purchases. You could consider it a product catalog, basically, that they could browse. They can actually see their loyalty points. Uh, I don't know why Siri thinks I keep talking to it. Uh, but we get the uh, loyalty points in there. You can see your uh, historical orders in there. Uh, and you can receive push notifications. However, second uh, catch to the mobile apps that we've run into. Can't buy in the Android store yet. And as soon as Google says go, one click, we're going to add that add to cart button back and it'll be on. Uh, and then the second thing is Clavio uh, push notifications on Android devices do not work yet. Uh, obviously, we're putting pressure on them uh, to make those work. Uh, but as of right now, um, any push notifications sent through Clavio would only be for iOS users. So uh, those are the disclaimers that uh, we had to get out at some point. So I wanted okay. to stick those, stick those in there now. <laughs> what about, uh, I got another question. Uh, if, we, if someone's already built an app, can they drop in your online ordering to fulfill the e-commerce? Um, yes and uh, yes and no, I guess. Um, you know, I, I, what we what we didn't thoroughly cover in the beginning is that uh, Timber is what is known as a headless architecture. Uh, it's kind of what Jane and Dutchie are sniffing around now, um, and we've always been headless architecture. And what that means is that our back end or our database. Uh, that powers your e-commerce experience uh, is headless, which means it can have multiple faces uh, to it. It can come in multiple forms. So that could be a web app, your e-commerce, you go to Google Chrome on your laptop and you're looking at the, uh, the front end, which is the web app. And then we also have uh, the mobile app, which utilizes the same headless backend, but the mobile app uh, reflects everything just as true as you saw it on Google Chrome on your laptop because everything is coming from the same backend. So uh, can you just, there's a variety of ways you could solve that issue. Um, Alpine IQ has done it. They have uh, sort of a timber frame inside of the, um, inside of the Alpine IQ app, which is cool. Um, you know, we like those guys and um, they have a great product. So um, some people, some of our partners do that. Um, but our, like I said in the beginning, our North Star is to truly make it like a Starbucks app or a Chick-fil-A app experience, which is just beautiful and native uh, and not framed in in a box. Um, so, yeah, there's there's pros and cons to both of those. Um, framing it into some existing app that you have. I don't know what that is, if it's a Alpine or if it's something custom you built, but um, it could be done. I don't know exactly how you would frame it in. Uh, we've never done that. Um, but, 
yeah, that would be the give and take is yes, you could do it, but uh, we are focused on creating a more enterprise and polished yeah. experience. Sounds good. What about accepting uh, payments online? Do you guys have the integrations with that? Dude, go to our <laughs> apps. I'm what's up? Yeah, what's, uh, what's an app that they should check out? Yeah, uh, Garden like of Eden. Book. Yeah, check out Garden of Eden. Humble Root, Garden. Sanctuary, um, Good Tree. Those are our top performers on the app. Really doing well with the utilization activation. Um, I'm going to post the link here in the chat just so people have it. They can reference yeah, they, it, go download it. I think we have a list of um, links that I put in the we put in the notes. Yeah, awesome. Um, and so, yeah, I I, um, I hate to brag because uh, I'm usually a sort of a humble. Um, usually, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But man, I'm telling you, it's awesome. Uh, we received we received some feedback the other day that I thought about, and I was like, damn, that's that's really cool. They said uh, when we showed it to someone. All right, I'm, I'm going to turn this let or iPad off because it just Siri keeps coming on. <laughs> okay, he always wants to join the convo. <laughs> I don't know. Am I saying <laughs> something wrong? <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. So um, basically, go to the apps, check it out for your darn self. Uh, we have an ACH solution currently. It's uh, with Stronghold, which is our ACH integration partner. And uh, yeah, the other day we were showing it to some uh, important folks and we said, hey, what do you think of this? And uh, when they saw it, they said, this is really interesting because this is actually, you know, what everyone wants, right? Everyone wants uh, debit and credit cards, right? Oh, I need debit and yep. credit cards. Well, do you really? Because take a look at what we did and you might not actually think that you need those as bad as you, you think you do. Uh, because when you go in, you simply... Uh, and, you know, the whole problem with the payments uh, for years is you got to download a third party app. You got to sign up for yeah. this. You got to get a code. You got to get a PIN number, a, a login to some other website, redirected from the checkout page, broke your analytics, conversion tracking, son of a gun. You're, you're all pissed off, you know. And uh, we just thought that was silly. So we scouted all the payment providers and we said, all right, how can we get this thing to just be just frictionless, no friction, no apps, no passwords, no logins, no pin numbers, no socials, none of that. Uh, and so we distilled it down uh, to a few payment solutions and, and we chose Stronghold because they were the ones that were willing to support that architecture. And uh, it's as simple as you go to the checkout screen. If you want to pay online, you click link your bank account. You're going to log in just like you do Venmo, you know, uh, username, password, Bank of America, boop, 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 two seconds. And uh, once that thing is linked, uh, it's saved in there. Little Bank of America icon comes up. It's all beautiful. And uh, once that thing is linked, no matter what device, if you're on your computer, you log in. If you're on your mobile app uh, and you log in, you're on your girlfriend's phone, you, you're at your parents' house and you log in on their computer, boom, you're going to see that Bank of America icon saved. And I was demoing it and I added a product to cart, click one. I went to the checkout, click to my payment method. Once you use that, it's pre-selected the next time you come back. And so one, two, three, I checked out, uh, added a product to cart, went to checkout and paid online with three clicks in under 10 seconds. I mean, and that works in the app. That's <laughs> and awesome. it works in the app. Yeah, it's insane. That's awesome. uh, so uh, we just added that to the app uh, several weeks ago. Uh, 
time sort of starts to get away from me. Maybe it was a month or two ago, but um, <laughs> yeah, go, go try it for yourself because once you okay. see it, uh, you'll fall out of your chair because they said it's actually, that's the feedback we got was that this is actually better than debit and credit cards because once that thing is linked, the stickiness and the loyalty and the adoption we have seen with this, we're seeing up to 50% adoption. That is not an exaggerated number. It's actually over that. That's huge. And that's huge. All, all these apps and stuff that have existed for years, they don't get 20 or 30 if they're lucky. Um, and then the best, the best thing is that on those um, orders that are paid online through this method, they're 25% larger. Uh, we just did a case study on this. And so imagine 50% adoption that's half of your orders being 25% larger than they were before. I think we need a case study for that. Yeah. Yeah. It's well, yeah, nice. we, uh, we, yeah, we're publishing a few things. We have an ROI calculator on our site and uh, yeah, we're publishing a few pieces around that right now to really illustrate that we've been tracking the data for quite some time. And uh, what we thought would be true came true. Uh, it's insane adoption. Uh, and the ROI calculator will blow your mind because uh, if you're a million dollar business and you slide that thing to the million dollar zone, if you do a million a month and you scroll down, it's a hundred thousand dollars a month that you potentially are uh, yeah. pissing out yeah. the window. <laughs> I mean, uh, how much does it cost to build an app and how long is it like, what's the timeline to get something like this launched? Yeah, exactly. Um, that can come in many forms, right? Like, We've, we've seen people, uh, this, is, this was a popular trend about a year and a half ago. Um, people thought they came, they did a timber demo and we said, here, we built native e-commerce and they said, oh, I can do that. <laughs> and we said, absolutely, I'm sure you can. Uh, I bet you'd do a darn good job. But the mountain of tech debt and the maintenance and the management of a platform for an independent business or even if you have multiple locations or even if you're as big as an MSO, the... <laughs> cost and maintenance is insane and now a year and a half two years later most of those folks are coming back with their head down and we just put our arm around them and say let's roll and so yeah. the, the, <laughs> the same the same thing the same thing is is happening with the apps we just talked to a a really high volume california operator yesterday uh who has built their own mobile app and uh, spent a mountain of money on it I got some friends down in San Diego have built their own e-commerce and mobile app, spent a mountain of money on it, did an awesome job, but the number that they have invested in it is off the charts. And so that's what Timber is doing with our e-commerce. That's what we're doing with our mobile apps is we're solving that problem because uh, dispensaries and delivery services and especially brands should not be uh, going into the code of anything, (laughs) you know? Uh, they just shouldn't. Uh, it, it's. Uh, I wouldn't recommend it to anyone. To be honest, it's a. It's a uh, very long and and bloody path, uh, but that's what we actually enjoy. So, um, same thing as our e-commerce. You know, think about it like a spectrum. You know, you have the Janes and the Dutchies of the world that have uh, you know two hundred and fifty bucks. They'll get you going in in the next ten minutes, and you have yep. no idea what you have no idea what that cost you, and. Uh, then you have the MedMens, the Kalivas, the custom-built sites, um, you know, those really professional custom build-outs, and they spend God knows how much to do that, uh, hundreds of thousands, millions. And so what's in the middle? How do you get uh, native e-commerce like all the other companies in the world who sell things online? I just want to be like them. Why can't I do that? 
Uh, and so you have the really expensive custom build out, you have the uh, cheap iframe, they'll turn you on in 10 minutes. And then there's not a lot in the middle. There hasn't been for many years. And that's always blown my mind. Um, how how the, the polarization of these uh, you know, potential outcomes of your e-commerce. It's like, well, I don't want to do either one of these really. Uh, and so with the apps, we charge simply a monthly subscription fee. Uh, Timber builds the app. Uh, it only works as long as you're a subscriber of Timber. You are the developer, you are the app owner, you are the branding. Um, and I guess, you know, if for any reason uh, you ever wanted to terminate services with Timber, you know, you could still have the app and the account and the shell, um, but you would need to implement your own e-commerce at that point. Uh, and so we charge, um, we've been reducing our, we have a setup and then we have a subscription. Our goal is to get that setup down to almost nothing in the future, of course. Uh, right now it's a few thousand dollar setup fee, uh, which I've, I've seen quotes go out for up to a hundred thousand for app build outs. And so that's kind of what you have to weigh it against. We don't even want to charge a setup fee. We just sort of have to fund this new extension of the business that everyone sort of wanted to accelerate. And so uh, the subscription fee is 450 a month and that's per location. And then we obviously um, for multi-location retailers with six, seven, eight locations or MSOs or big operators, um, we have a sort of a discount that scales as you grow. Uh, so that's generally uh, how it works. And we're trying to get our pricing model down as fast as we can um, to make awesome. it more accessible. Yeah, it's, that's, a, that's a good price point. What's the turnaround time with someone, you know, like Adrian in the audience, she says she just signed on. Like when when is that when is that gonna be launched? <laughs> Hi Adrian, I I know who you are. Um uh yeah, uh, it started out uh back in December. Uh we didn't know how long that was gonna take. Uh and so we just made a guess. We were off by a little bit, but you know, um I've seen worse estimates in software to be honest. Does it take, does it like change depending on what point of sale you're using? Like is, so I know you have a really great integration with Blaze and some of these other ones. Does that shorten the, the launch time? Uh, no. So okay. to get to the, yeah, to get to the point, the answer to the question is it's really quick now. Um, we go through a short uh, process. We have a sort of variety of uh, what we call welcome screens uh, that you can choose from different layouts, almost like a theme for your website. We say, here's six options choose your favorite layout uh, for the welcome screens. And then we'll go through um, colors uh, and make sure that the branding is on point. That process can take two days or, you know, if there's a bunch of back and forth email for weeks, it could take weeks. But if in a perfect scenario, several days collaboration on the, um, on the design side, we're gonna customize that for you. Uh, and then implementation on the development side, um, it's been shortening. So it started out, it was a few months, then it went to a month. And now I think it's down under a couple of weeks um, to that's be safe. Awesome. Yeah. So um, we're, and we, that's great. Initially, yeah. Initially it was a bloodbath because we were getting rejections, rejections, rejections. We got the and formula we had, now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now we got that's awesome. it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Dwight, Dwight uh, Zeringer has a question. Uh, will you service Latin America, Mexico? Mexico is an upcoming market. Okay. Yeah. That goes back to what Guillermo just said. Uh, depends on the point of sale because, you know, uh, back to what I said earlier, Jane and Dutchie are, are sort of moving to be a standalone platform, less dependent on integrations with point of sale partners. And 
that may work for them. That's great. But Timber's never going to do that. Uh, we believe that uh, we can provide a best-in-class experience for e-commerce. Uh, and then we need to work with point-of-sale partners who have exceptional uh, point-of-sale APIs that we can utilize. Uh, and so, um, yes, if one of our point-of-sale partners uh, is able to work in that country, state, city, anywhere, um, we can go. But because of the unique architecture of Timber, we're not, we're not attempting to build a standalone platform that doesn't need a point of sale, uh, we are moving the opposite direction, which I think is a fundamental thing uh, that people should understand about Timber because that's totally, uh, there's so much value in there. I don't even think anyone really understands the impacts. Um, but um, basically, yeah, we can um, uh, service anywhere. Uh, there may be, you know, most of the compliance falls on the point of sale. Um, and because we are more of an expression of the point of sale, in, uh, in a raw and, and beautiful way, um, we depend highly on them and uh, we've got really great point of sale partners. So um, just reach out to us on our website. If you have, um, if you wanna talk further, we can introduce you and see what the potential is. I, I'm not too certain who's down there from a tech perspective at this point. All right, we got one more question. Do you have an API that can be integrated if it's already, if you already have a custom app and they wanna, keep it native like a Dutchie Plus? I think you already answered that, but. Um, yeah, like do we have an open API that you can sign up and use and build your own app? Is that yeah. the question? Um, yeah, that, that's kind of the problem with Jane Roots and Dutchie Plus, don't do that. Uh, if you have the ability to build on top of an API, uh, I would recommend don't call us, call the point of sale and build it yourself on top. They already have an API, why would you that's the problem with Jane Roots and Dutchie Plus is they are layering additional layers of API, which don't always communicate well together. And um, if you have the sophistication and the chops to, to build on top of an API, why, why make Timber the middleman? We, we do have a couple features on top of the point of sale that you would go without. But from my point of view, I wouldn't put another layer of APIs in my tech stack uh if i had the ability to build on an api i would just do that myself and that's what a lot of uh sophisticated deliveries and, and operators have done and it's pretty painful and that's they come back yeah. a year later with uh with blood on their lip <laughs> so uh, which you know we don't we don't like to sell fear that's not you know how we roll but i can tell you it happens more often than you'd think people try it and then come back and um, I, I commend those people. I see a lot of really cool websites, but I know that that's killing them and the bottom line on the backside. Yeah. Yeah. And what are, what are the current laws and regulations regarding an app that promotes, you know, the purchase of a federally illegal substance? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm sure there's federal law that says this and that, but uh, as far as the app store, which is the laws we've been living by, I think yeah. it's kind of, yeah, yeah. So like, uh, yeah, I wrote, I had, uh, we pulled up all of our, uh, oh, I forgot to tell you the funny part when we, uh, when Google denied us with the add to cart button. We, so now when you go in the, uh, when you go in the <laughs> Google Play Store, we put a funny message uh, when you're not allowed to order and you try to, uh, it says, uh, we recommend going on the web or getting an iPhone. <laughs> so we kind of <laughs> threw a little, threw a little diss on them. Um, but yeah, it's we funny. had a bunch of reasons. Yeah, we had a bunch of reasons for rejection. Uh, 
boom, boom, boom. Yeah, so uh, the funny thing is, it's not really about cannabis. The app stores aren't concerned about cannabis. We had rejections for vape safety. Uh, they were concerned about vaporizer devices, you know, I don't know, potentially blowing your head no, off. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, and I'm like, really, you can sell weed, but you're worried about this battery. Uh, all right. And so uh, we had to do a couple dances there. And we, uh, yeah. what we did was we actually built some tech around it, created a feature. So when you go into our administrative dashboard now, when you go to the categories, normally people say vapes or vaporizers or, you know, stuff like that on the category name. And we thought we could fool them because, um, you know, there is a human review and you can kind of mess with them a little bit <laughs> to see what they're going to do, you know. Uh, so we created the ability to rename a category specifically for the mobile app, not on the web. It would still say vaporizers on the web, but let's say you would change that to carts, for example um in the in the mobile app specifically and so we were able to even though there were still vaporizers on the menu uh we were able to basically get past the review um i don't know if we tricked them or they just got lazy or what but um you never <laughs> you never really know but we were able to get that through with that new feature that we implemented that allows you to give a custom category name and uh, what's really interesting is that we would send in certain apps for review and two seconds later they'd say oh you got vapes on there and uh okay rejected you know then we had to go back and think and then we would send in other apps uh actually some high profile apps uh that uh were allowed to have vapes and they were sent uh they were given the green light uh with vaporizers clear as day in the in the top of the menu and it's like what the heck man uh you know and so boom over and over and over again the next time they would say things about tobacco products they don't want to sell tobacco products and if they have a a pre-roll, they think it's a cigarette. And I'm like, dude, it's not a cigarette. <laughs> it's a pre-roll. <laughs> and yeah, uh, I know they, they don't know the difference though. You got, you know, you just no. have to assume that people outside the industry, they don't know what the difference of any of yeah. these things is. They don't know like, uh, the safety and compliance behind a vape pen and cannabis versus, you know, just the regular sure. vape pen outside the cannabis, it's like a whole nother ball game, but yeah, yeah it's not really on us to, to educate them. They can't, you know, they're, uh, they're, they're looking at uh, compliance for their technology company. They don't know anything. Exactly. About right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. it's, weed is legal. We're cool. Like that's their attitude, even though like, I, I don't understand, like why would Apple allow it when it's federally illegal, but hats off, let's roll. <laughs> but um, exactly, exactly. And I definitely want to leave. Um, we got 10 minutes left. Yeah. So if anyone in the audience has any more questions before to, uh, to ask away here, it's going to be wrapping up uh, shortly. So I just want to throw that out there. Anyone who had more yeah. questions, great questions, by the way. Uh, one other, yeah, um, kept, one, one other thing on his toes. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. I want to, I want to stick one more uh, rejection reason in there. Cause it was kind of cool. It was a little victory that we had and uh, I think people would enjoy it. Um, we got a rejection because they said you need to have the ability inside of the app to delete the user account. So if you're a customer in the Starbucks app, mm. uh, I guess, I don't know, I didn't look, but somewhere in there, you can delete your account. And they said, uh, they said, hey, you guys have to delete uh, accounts in here and you don't have that feature. So all of your apps are suspended. <laughs> and this is like version number, you know, 25. And we're like, oh my God, <laughs> you know, this is going to be yeah. crazy. This is going to be crazy. So uh, we battled them. We argued back and we said, absolutely not. We, we cannot delete accounts. 
because in our industry, we have to track uh, purchase behavior for daily order limits. And we pointed to the regulations and we uh, basically overcame them and they folded and said, okay, you're right. And uh, we don't have to have the ability to delete accounts. So um, that was a, a big victory for us. And who knows, they could come back next week with a new new story because every time you submit to review, you get a new human. And that's, uh, that's part of the problem. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, see if there's any more questions. No more questions. Cool. I mean, Kyle, I'll kind of leave it at, you know, give you the stage. Anything else you'd like to add? Uh, any more war stories or any features or anything that you'd like to highlight? And, you know, yeah. before we part ways yeah, today. Thing, yeah, I have like a little what's next. I'm just kind of flipping through. I made a couple pages of notes and um, I think we covered a lot of that. Uh, reasons for rejection. Uh, utilization right now, I'd say we're about three months into like intense activation by our partners. Initially, they're like, well, I'm going to wait until this feature is done. And then the other, you know, someone else is like, I'll try it now. And, uh, it's kind of been a slow start. But I'd say we're uh, getting close to 20% of the total online revenue from our top performing partners is coming through the mobile app. So 20% wow. of your online revenue. Uh, and that's just in the first that's significant. Was, yeah. Yeah. Just doing a million dollars a month. And, you know, that's uh, $200,000. That's 2.4 million a year. Yes. Yes. And uh, that's just out higher of higher average we, order. Right. Yeah. Big time. Uh, we have um, typically see about 600 monthly active users um, on these apps right now uh, that are driving that 20 so percent of the online VIPs. And it's really the VIPs uh, that are. Yeah. It is. Yeah, I've recommended that um, strategy to most of our partners uh, and said, hey, it's going to ring. Uh, you just need to slyly implement this to your VIPs. And uh, I think that strategy has worked really well for people. Um, so I would definitely uh, recommend that if you're going to launch the mobile app, don't throw up a billboard on day one. Get some feedback. Get your customers used to it. Uh, start to learn about how to talk to your customers about it because phone rings day one. How do I use your mobile app? Oh my God. Right. Like <laughs> <laughs> Record a little video tutorial, send it out to everyone, send everyone yeah. a text message, an email with a walkthrough. Yeah. Like, just, you just make sure just that they know how to use it. Cause you got to remember like their, your customers may be under the influence when using your app. So it needs yeah. to be really simple. Totally. Um, and uh, we have a Zendesk integration for the mobile app. So you can oh, click awesome. on, uh, that's why I recommend checking out Garden of Eden. I'm, they didn't pay me to say this or anything, but uh, the reason I recommend them is because uh, they have activated pretty much all of the features. Not all of, not all of our apps have all the features activated because we're waiting on them to finish some things. Um, but Garden of Eden has the most complete feature set. That's the only reason I'm telling everyone to look at that one. Uh, yeah, they I'm have the Zendesk. Right now. Yeah. They have the Zendesk integration. So you have in-app help chat. Uh, you can connect that to your uh, dispensary phone and, and chat uh, as well in there. Uh, ice cream truck works in the app. So, I mean, dude, talk about killer. Saving the payment and doing ice cream truck as well as scheduled delivery out of the warehouse in the mobile app as clean as Starbucks. I mean, this is like uh next level every every uh yeah enterprise any endless yeah. every, every retailer i guess that's the next question is uh you know who you know who is this a good step uh like who is the app a good fit for 
totally. everyone. Yeah. Yeah. And that's an interesting topic. I could, uh, we got five minutes left, so I got to keep this one super short, but, uh, yeah, we argue, we argue in a friendly way and you and I kind of went back and forth on it. Like who should be using this and how could it be good or how could it be bad? You know, like there's a lot of different angles you could look at it. Um, and so uh, I think the ideal candidate is someone who has a brand. Uh, the big benefit of the app is loyalty. Once a customer's in there and they see a, a list of push notifications that you've sent to them and they have coupon codes in them and their payment is linked in there and they can see their rewards points and they can get special offers and uh, you know be targeted with highly impactful marketing messages from all angles. Um, that's a brand, right? You're nurturing a customer. Uh, you're creating a brand, you know? Um, yep. So if you're, if you're highly active, you know, it's not something, uh, my partner has a funny saying, he says, timber, uh, is a gun and it's a silver bullet. You have to load the gun. You have to use it. <laughs> you know, it doesn't yeah. just drive it, drive and shoot itself. Uh, and so, uh, if you're highly active in nurturing your customers, if you have a brand, if you care about your brand, uh, if you already have traction. And I think this is, we, we talk about this, we've talked about it a lot recently. Um, I think this is great for retailers because there's a lot of retailers who do care about their brand equity and nurturing their customer. Um, I think that's um, definitely found uh, in our industry, but I think this could be more impactful for uh, direct to consumer brands because imagine uh, you know a brand where you, click on the app, you go in and in that brand's website, you have offers, you have rewards, you have discounts, yep. you have payments, and you have education. You know, click here to see some videos about why this does this. And so, uh, you know, people don't really go to the app store and type in San Diego dispensary or Sacramento cannabis delivery. I don't know, maybe a couple, but most people do yeah, that on Google. <laughs> yeah. Most people do that on Google. Um, and that might change. We're, we're all ears. We're not saying we're, uh, this is the end. Uh, this is going to evolve as we go. But for a brand, uh, direct to consumer, I believe it's much more impactful because then you can go to events, you can use a QR code on a sign, and you can activate that customer nurturing process with a mobile app uh, with payments and rewards and offers. And gosh darn it, that's all we want. <laughs> 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 exactly so, uh, exactly well uh, Kyle, i mean thank you thank you for sharing all your insights and uh your you know your war stories of <laughs> getting 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 uh cannabis apps approved in the apple app store uh kudos to you for figuring this out and you know anyone that's in the audience uh, feel free to go to uh to timber's website and i'll post it in the in the chat here it's timber.io if you're looking to to go down that route and do a a headless uh, e-commerce menu and mobile app. Uh, anything else you'd like to add, Trav, uh, Kyle? I think that's it. Uh, I can talk all day, but um, I think every, <laughs> everyone's ready for a beer or a joint, one or the other. <laughs> sounds good. Sounds good. Well, thanks again, but, everyone, for joining today. Uh, Kyle, uh, once again, uh, thank you, everyone from our audience, for joining, logging in, too. And once again, you know, this is the Cannabis Marketing Live podcast. We cover marketing trends, marketing strategies uh, to grow your cannabis dispensary, in this case, delivery app or brand. I'm your host, Guillermo Bravo, uh, and shout out to our sponsor, Media Gel, for, uh, for hosting this and sponsoring this. So 
Take care, everyone. Have a wonderful yeah. Thursday, and uh, we'll catch you next week. Thank you so much, Guillermo. It's been great. Yeah. Thanks, Cheers. Kyle. Cheers.